Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode number 40 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Christy Lee here, your host. How are you? Hope you're having a fabulous day and doing well in both normal life and business life as we head into the Christmas period. Uh, It seems frantic for many people that I'm speaking to, even those who usually, uh, I guess, quieten down in the lead up to Christmas are having a busy, busy time. So if that's you, hope you're doing okay and I hope you do get to enjoy some some time off and a little break over the upcoming Christmas period. Now, on today's episode of the podcast, we have part two of our six-part series called Unleash the Power of Your People. In last week's episode, episode number 39, we introduced the series to you. Um, And essentially what this series is all about are some shorter form episodes to give you some practical, easy-to-implement ideas that you can take and put them straight into your business. Here's the thing. I truly believe that you cannot build a successful and sustainable business which delivers you the success that you desire, whatever the metrics are around that for you, and the freedom that you seek, because I'm pretty sure if you're like most of us, you didn't get into business because you want to work 80, 90 hours a week. You're looking for a bit of freedom there as well. And you can't have that without having the right people, without building the right team, without having people you can rely on to get things done without you. And I also believe that there's a right person for every role, provided that the role's been structured correctly and it's the right time for your business. And finding that person, keeping them and keeping that team together is really a mix of both art and science. Um, And there's a real mix of both of those art and science aspects in doing that. So getting the right team together and then looking after them, nurturing them, creating an environment where they thrive and you get the business success and freedom you desire is absolutely a possibility and it's just about knowing how to get there. Have you ever felt, I guess, controlled by your people? Uh, Felt like almost like you spend your days managing your team rather than doing the work that you got into business to do, servicing your customers, creating new products and ideas. I know I felt like that before and it's it's a really challenging feeling. And what it comes down to is this, in those circumstances where you're feeling like your team are in control rather than you, you've created a, an environment where everything comes to you. You become the bottleneck in your business and this can happen as your business grows at various uh, stages in your business. But you need to hand the power back to your people. You need to unleash the power of your people because whilst everything falls back to you and you're spending your days managing them, you can't grow and you certainly don't feel the freedom. In fact, when I felt this feeling when I was building my consultancy business, I in fact decided to tear down my empire effectively. So when I was building my first consultancy business, 
I really had this uh, framework in my mind, a little mantra, if you like, that I was building an empire. It was only a small empire, but it was my empire nonetheless. And what I found when I first built that team, um, and despite being, you know, I guess like all professions, we can all be the, the mechanics with our own vehicles not working so well. I was the HR expert doing great things, helping my clients, but paying a little less attention to my own team at times. But I built I guess the wrong team, the wrong team for that business at that time. The team members I had were amazing. I had some super talented and just beautiful team members, but I created an environment or a structure that didn't work because the buck stopped with me. And in fact, I can recall a time when I tried to take a break away from my business. And for those of you who have been in business a while, taking a break can be hard in the early days. And, um, but I decided I would do that. I had a great team. This should be simple, right? Set it all up, had everything ready to go and taking a run along a beach in far North Queensland. I got a phone call from a client and a major project had gone very, very wrong. A project I prepared everything for before I left. I literally nearly threw my phone into the ocean. And it was at that point I decided this structure doesn't work. I'd created the wrong structure. So I tore down my empire <laughs> and looked at starting again. But what I learned in that process is so valuable because I needed to give the power back to the people, to my people, and I created a structure where they didn't have that. So this series is all about giving you practical and really easy to implement strategies so that you can unleash the power of your people so that they can drive your business success for you without you having to do all the things. So that's what we're talking about in this six-part series. And as I said, today is part two of that series. So what are we talking about in part two? Well, part two is all about getting the team together, setting expectations with clear and consistent communication. And specifically today, we're talking about internal communication strategies. And the practical aspect that I want you to take away is how to create and maintain effective and successful team meetings, because I believe they are, they should be a core for any small to medium-sized business. George Bernard Shaw said, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. I love that quote for a few reasons, but I think it sends a, it's a really important message that we fail to hear a lot of the time. Just because we feel we've communicated something does not mean that that communication has been received and I talk to my clients about this all the time when I'm telling them to document things and to reaffirm and they'll say to me, no, I've had that conversation. I know that they got the message. Just because you feel like you've delivered the message does not mean the team member or the team has received it in the way that you've intended. So when we're talking about great communication amongst the team and having really in exceptional internal communication, there's various strategies and processes we can go about in doing that. And the reason it's important is this. We all know the saying that when people don't know the rules, they make up their own. And it's the same is true of your team. If they don't know where the boundaries are, if they don't know what's expected of them, they will just go ahead and do what they think is right. But it may not be what you want. So setting really clear boundaries and expectations and being able to communicate those, most importantly, effectively and efficiently and clearly and precisely is so super important to making sure that your team are on the right path. We have to remember our people want a few key things from us and it's not complicated. They want to know what we expect from them. 
They want to know how they're doing. Are, are they doing what's expected? And they want to know what's next, what the future holds for them. These are things that team meetings can really, really help us to clearly deliver. So communication and having great internal communication is important in all aspects of the business, but because this series is about really practical and easy to implement strategies, I want to just focus on one area of that internal communication strategy. And so that's why today we're talking really specifically about team meetings. So the one thing I'd love you to walk away from today's episode with is either the plan to implement or improve your regular team meetings, because having team meetings is one thing. Making them effective and productive is a whole other thing. So I've got a framework for you for some steps you can take to creating really effective team meetings. Now, whether you have a huge team or a small team, I think team meetings are critical and I love a weekly team meeting, but I do not want your team meetings taking you up, taking up half of your day. It's just not productive. These should be done easily within an hour, no more than that. And if you've got big a big sort of team, you may even want to break this down into departmental weekly meetings rather than a huge all-in team meeting. That can happen less frequently because it's a different uh, vibe, different format, different flow of the meeting when you have too many people there. But if you've got a smaller team, I would say anything under 20 or 30, you could do a weekly team meeting with all of your team easily. And I really encourage you to do so. Even if you only have two or three people, I don't want you to forget about this because often these that's when really the team meetings are super important. So I love a weekly team meeting and here's how I'm going to suggest you go about setting that up. Now the first thing I want you to do, and I've got three key areas that I want you to focus on here. The first one is creating a structure that you will actually stick to because there's no point saying, yeah, let's do a team meeting Monday at 10. If you know that Mondays are bedlam and the chances of that actually happening are zero. You need to create a structure that you're going to stick to and that is achievable and realistic in terms of the time being available. We all know what it's like. The team meeting might seem the simplest thing to just forget because we're all busy, but I really encourage you not to do that. So you want to set a date and a time that's going to work. It's going to work for you most importantly, but also work for the team. So don't set a team meeting at four o'clock on a Friday if your production team usually finishes work at three on a Friday. That's not reasonable or fair, nor is it going to work particularly well. So pick a time that you know each week is achievable, even if it's a stretch, a time that's achievable. Personally, I love a Monday morning team meeting because it sets everyone up for the week. But if that's not going to work for you, then pick another day. It it really isn't going to matter that much, but you want to pick a day that really works for everyone and a time that's going to work for everyone. Now, of course, you may not get the ideal time for everyone, but certainly don't pick a time and a day that is particularly problematic. So if you've got a warehouse, don't do a 2 p.m. team meeting. You know, it's chaos trying to get everything out at that time of the afternoon. Um, Similarly, um, if you know that uh, Monday mornings your sales team are flat chat, don't, don't do it then. So just pick a time that works. And of course, you need to think about the space that you're going to hold this team meeting in. Now, the world we're living in now might mean that you have a virtual team, you might have an on-site team, or more likely than anything, you've probably got a team that have a hybrid arrangement with work. Some might be on site, some might be remote, and that may change as the weeks change. So you need to create a space that's going to work both for the virtual team members and your on-site team members. So that might mean creating a room. It could be your lunchroom. It could be your boardroom. It could be a meeting room, some kind of space where you can have a large kind of screen set up, ideally, where those that are zooming in 
or team using Teams, however you use that communication channel, can all be seen on the screen and they can see you all sitting around a table. So this can work really well if you've got some kind of room where you can mount a screen on the wall, ideally, but if not, just somewhere where even you can set up some form of screen, even if it's a, a tablet or a laptop on the table, angling it in a way that those that are virtual can also see you and you can see them. So they feel like, although they're not in the room with you, they feel like they are in the room. And I've conducted meetings like this for years pre-COVID when we've had businesses with remote teams because it's not a new concept, although I know for many of you it is new for your business. And it can still work really effectively if you set the space up correctly. So you want everyone who's attending virtually or in person to feel comfortable and to feel included in the group. So setting up the space is actually really important and you want something that's not going to take, you don't want to have to reconfigure rooms every week. So you want to know that there's a space that you can create once that won't have to be changed, even if it's someone's office, if that's what you need to use. It, it really doesn't matter where it is, as long as it's somewhere that people can feel comfortable so they can take a seat, they can bring their coffee and your virtual team members can also feel included and those in the room feel like they're also talking to those virtually in the same manner that they would to those sitting right next to them. So space is particularly important. You do want people to be comfortable in your team meetings. I know that sounds a little odd, but if you want them to sit there and really be engaged, the more comfortable you can make it, the better. So having the right amount of seats so you don't have someone having to lean against the filing cabinet for an hour, for example, just having that space set. And the other important thing around creating a structure is talking to the staff ahead of time. If this is new for you, you want to get them engaged early to let them know this is something we are starting. This is going to be a regular thing. We're doing this every week. You must attend critically. This is important that we're all in this together. So having that communication with the staff early to let them know about this structure. And if you do team meetings now, but you're changing it up and you want to make it more effective and efficient, and you're going to implement some of these changes, also communicate that to your team as well to let them know that the old team meetings are out the door where we're doing things a bit differently um, so that they walk into that meeting with some sense of what's ahead of them. So the first tip I have for you is to create a structure that you're going to stick to. It's not acceptable to schedule team meetings weekly and then by week two or three you start saying, oh, let's not do it today because that sends the wrong message to your team. You must be consistent with this, even if it's a day you don't particularly feel like it and we all have those, make it consistent. Okay, tip number two is setting yourself up for success in the meeting. There is nothing more frustrating. We've all been there where we've sat in meetings and it feels like there's absolutely no point being there. Or you're going to have a meeting about having a meeting about having a meeting. The whole benefit of being in small to medium-sized businesses is you can be much more agile and make decisions and get things done. So every single meeting you have should be really productive and effective and move things forward for you. So you want to set it up for success. Now, that is about a few things. It's about making sure that you know that you're in charge in the meeting. But that doesn't mean you're going to be doing all of the talking, and I'll talk about that in a moment. You want to make sure the team are really clear about the purpose of this meeting. Now, that might be different for some of you, what the exact purpose of the meeting is. It might be that this team meeting you have is a production-focused team meeting. It might be that it's a more general team meeting. Either way, you want the team to know the purpose of the meeting. It might be to meet regularly so that everyone understands the current priorities and objectives and projects and operational challenges. Whatever the purpose is, you want the team to be aware of it. 
you also want to let the team know what the process is going to be for the meeting. So when they come in, they understand what's expected and what's going to happen in that process. Now, this can be very much about setting an agenda, which I really encourage you to do, because that will mean you're on track and you've got a really clear purpose for the meeting. And the exact process will depend on your organization and what works for you. A great example that I like is a team meeting that is inclusive of either each team member or each department. It just depends on the size of your team. So it might be that you as the leader provide a recap of what's happened over the last week, some challenges, some wins, an update on anything that you need to update them on. And then you ask for input from each employee or each team. And it could be the department head that gives that one week, or it could be anyone from the team. They might delegate that out to one of their team members. And it might be them simply providing an update on where they're at. Or if you need a more, uh, I guess, structured approach, if you don't think that your team are going to be particularly great at just eliciting that information, a framework you can give them is for each of them to share one challenge that their team is facing or that they are facing, that the the team can then at least understand, if not help them workshop and, and brainstorm, and one recent win. It doesn't matter how big or small that win is, it just shows that there's some positive things happening in the team and it helps the team or that individual that who, who is that department to just celebrate the fact that, yeah, actually, we did get that deadline met or we introduced that new system or we got all that data cleaned up, whatever it is. One recent win and one current challenge is a great framework for people that just you might find aren't naturally going to give um chat through information that might be relevant to their team. And so that's a really great way for everyone in the business to get to know what's happening in each of the departments. Because of course, when we're just busy with our own role, we don't necessarily know what's happening down in the finance team or what's happening out in the factory. We don't know that the machine broke down last week and they couldn't get everything out on time. We just, we don't always know those things. So it really helps the entire team to get a picture of what's happening in the entirety of the business. It will also help interdepartmental or teammate relationships because they'll have greater empathy for what that person's challenges are and what their wins are and help them celebrate with them because they're going to get to know them at a different level to just walking past them in the workplace. So that can be a really great framework for getting everyone chatting in the meeting, but you want to make sure you as the leader of the meeting, as the chair, are just keeping things on track. So you want to make sure that if someone's starting to, you know, waffle or it's going in a different direction, that you bring them back to that that framework, the one challenge and the one win framework. And that will keep it nice and succinct and make sure everyone feels involved. And that's why I think an agenda is an excellent way to do things. That way, if someone's got something that they need to bring to the table, they can let you know ahead of time, you can pop it on the agenda, um, and you can workshop that. So you want to keep it relevant, and you want to keep it nice and succinct when you're going through that inclusive process of setting that meeting up for success. So that whole process is around making sure the team is engaged in what, why we're doing the meeting, when and where it's happening, and what their role in the meeting is. And that's tip number two. Now, tip number three is creating meetings with purpose. This is about making sure that there's an objective to the meeting, that the meeting, everyone walks out of the meeting feeling a sense of purpose, a sense of certainty, clarity, and they're engaged in what's happening. Now, the best way to do this is to have, an, the, and I particularly like doing this towards the end of the team meeting, is having it future focused. 
and having a positive focus about what's ahead for the team, what's ahead for the next week. But also, you know, you might be talking about what's ahead for the next month, the next quarter, the next year, but specifically what's happening in the next week. So I want you to set action items for the week, action items for the entire team, for different departments, whatever works best for you. Paint a picture of what success within the week is going to look like. What does a successful week look like for your team? If we come back to next week's meeting, what will success look like? Because if you can paint that picture in your team's mind, they'll walk out of that determined to go ahead and create that future vision. It might be around if there's challenges that you've discussed in the meeting, proactively discussing how you can overcome them. Don't leave decisions unmade in these meetings. If you can get a decision made in the meeting, have it made. You don't want people walking out with uncertainty or at least create a structure for when that decision is going to be made and communicate that effectively. So having a clear purpose for what that meeting objective is and then delivering on that by creating a positive and productive and proactive finish to the meeting, setting action items for the week, painting a picture of what success will look like in the week ahead and so that they know when they walk out with real certainty what they need to go and do for the week to be successful and make it really simple in terms of not overwhelming but clear and concise so it's easy for them to retain and go ahead and implement. And when you come back the following week for your meeting, if you have achieved that picture of success, celebrate that at the the very beginning of next week's meeting. Celebrate the fact that we did it. We got to that goal. We met the deadline. We got the production targets done, the new systems in. What Even if it's a lot smaller than that and it's just we got through the week without any client complaints or we got a compliment from a client, whatever the success measure was, celebrate it at the next meeting and that will really keep the momentum and the flow and the engagement in the meeting process there for you. So what's the outcome if we put in place these team meetings? I see it this way, regular, open and constructive communication will become part of your workplace culture. A forum gets created for discussions to be had. A more focused team because they're focused on the week ahead and the future vision. And ultimately, and this is a nice little side bonus to team meetings, you have fewer interruptions because all of those little incidental questions that you get asked day in and day out suddenly become fewer and fewer because there's a forum for that to happen in and because you're creating certainty, they don't need to come and ask you about things because you've told them at the team meeting the expectations for the week and you've set a really clear focus. So not only do you get a more engaged team who are more future focused, who are engaged towards the vision for that week, so we're looking at vision on a micro level, but you get fewer interruptions which frees up your time. I love that bonus. So to recap, today we're talking about having amazing internal communications and we're focusing on creating great team meetings. So in order to do that, you want to create a structure that you are going to stick to and that is realistic and achievable for your team to be involved in. You want to set yourself up for success by engaging the team in the process, creating the agenda and having a forum for everyone to speak about challenges and wins that they're creating. You want to create a sense of purpose, positivity, and proactivity. Set the future success vision for the week. Give the team structure on how that can be achieved and let them walk out of there with certainty and clarity about the week ahead. So that is part two of our six-part series on unleashing the power of your people. If you don't already have team meetings happening within your business, I encourage you to start scheduling weekly, regular team meetings. Half an hour, up to an hour, perfect. Some, some businesses get this done in 15 minutes. 
great. You don't have to make them an hour, but definitely keep it under an hour. In next week's part three of our series, we're going to be talking about how to get things done without you having to do them. How does that sound? So next week, we're talking about the importance of delegation. We're going to unpack effective delegation skills and help you figure out what to delegate and when so that you can reduce the overwhelm. I hope you're finding this series really practical and you can take away some things that are really easy to implement in your business. If you are implementing team meetings, please reach out. Let me know how you went with that. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback. If you can take away one idea from each episode in this series, it can create so much for you. Think about the time you might be able to get back, the freedom from constant interruptions, getting something off your plate and onto someone else's, having a more engaged team and having a team with real training and development all embedded in. I hope this series brings you some really, really practical tips and I hope that you can implement or refine and improve your current team meeting structure. Now, as I mentioned last week, with this series, we have a free ebook for you. So a nice little resource just to help you go a bit deeper on all of these things and get them implemented into your business. So if you head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com and click on episode number 40, within the show notes there, there's a link to grab your free ebook called Unleash the Power of Your People. That's a great resource for you to use. You can, you can implement the ideas I'm going to share in this series, one a day for five days, one a week for five weeks one a month for five months, however it works for you, but these are so easy to implement and they really will help you empower your people, unleash the power of your people, and of course, have a great team giving you the business success and the freedom that you desire. So thank you so much for joining me here on today's episode of the podcast. I hope you have a fabulous week and I look forward to joining you next week for part three of our series. And don't forget, if you'd love that ebook, head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com, click on episode number 40 and grab your ebook, Unleash the Power of Your People. Have a fabulous week. 